found Mark yet? Mark chapter 3 verse 13. Si ya encontró Marcos capítulo 3 verso 13 en adelante. We'll read verse 13 and on. It reads like this. And he went up to the mountain and summoned those who he himself wanted and they came to him. And he appointed twelve so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out the demons. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you that when we come to the study of your word, that there is life in it, that there is hope in it, there is joy in it, there is grace in it. And I pray that as I teach your word, you would anoint my lips of clay to teach the word of the living God. And I pray that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might be receptive to the word that would be spoken from this house tonight. And I ask this in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I want to speak tonight for a few minutes about the three calls of every believer. Quiero hablar esta noche sobre los tres llamados de cada creyente. How many of you are a believer? ¿Cuántos creyentes hay aquí esta noche? If you are a believer, then there are three calls on your life. Now there are three calls that God has put on your life. Hay tres llamados que Dios pone sobre la vida de cada uno de nosotros. And I want to just first of all dissect this text. So if you brought your Bible, that's great. You, I hope you brought a pen and I hope you brought something to write on because this is Bible study. And we're going to study the text tonight. But I want you to see... Uh, some some things in this text that are uh, that are instructive to us as to what kind of call God makes. Hay varias cosas aquí en este pasaje que usted, yo quiero que usted vea. Vamos a subrayar algunas cosas, así que tenga su Biblia abierta y uh, vamos a ver tres cosas que son parte del llamado del creyente. Pero primero quiero que vea cuál es la naturaleza de este llamado. So before we go to the three calls, let's go to the nature of the call. First of all, I want you to notice there in verse 13 that it's talking about Jesus. Primero vamos a notar que estamos hablando de Jesús. Can you say Jesus? Did you know that the name of Jesus is the only name given among men whereby men might be saved? That was so weak, but it's Wednesday night, and you've been working hard, and you're a little bit tired, but I'm going to give you another chance, all right? Uh, did you know that the name of Jesus is the only name given under heaven or earth whereby men must be saved? There's no salvation outside of the name of Jesus. ¿Sabía usted que el nombre de Jesús es el único nombre? Dado bajo el cielo, por el cual los hombres pueden ser salvos. Fuera de ese nombre no hay salvación. You say, that's a big claim, preacher. Well, I believe the Bible. That's what the Bible says. Usted dice, eso es algo grande decir, pastor. Pero yo le creo la palabra. La palabra dice, Jesús hablando, que el, el, el que viniere a Dios tenía que venir por él Jesus said that he who would come to the Father must first come through me he said no one can come to the Father except through me Jesús dijo nadie viene al Padre si no es por mí now that's an old time gospel doctrine and most of you already know it. But if you already know it, then I don't want you to forget it. Muchos de nosotros ya tenemos mucho en el Evangelio, así que ese principio lo sabemos muy bien. Que no hay salvación en otro, pero yo no quiero que se le olvide. Y por si acaso alguien me oye hoy que no sabía eso, quiero decirle que esa es la verdad. No hay salvación. En otro. If, you, if you have never heard this before, then I want you to be very clear on this point. That there is salvation. There is deliverance from hell and wrath and sin in no other place but the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible said that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord. That's a good church. Dice la Escritura que el que invocare el nombre del Señor Ese será 
salvo. Whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord, not might be, could be, there's a chance, would be, said, shall be saved. Are you saved today? Aren't you glad you're saved? If you're glad you're saved, give God some praise in his house. It's nothing in the world like waking up in the morning and knowing that there is nothing between you and God. No hay otra cosa en el mundo como despertar en la mañana y saber que no hay nada entre Dios y yo. Salvo por gracia. So it's Jesus who's speaking here. He's the he in the text. Jesús es el él en el pasaje aquí. And he went up on the mountain and summoned those who he, want, who he himself wanted. I want you to underline the word mountain there. Subraya ahí la palabra montaña. Here's what I want you to notice. That the call of Christ is always an upward call. El llamado que Cristo da siempre es un llamado hacia arriba. Subraya ahí la palabra montaña, porque eso nos da saber que Jesús llamó a los discípulos a un lugar más alto. Jesus called the disciples to a higher place. The psalmist, he said, he said, Lord, take me to that rock that is higher than I. Dijo el salmista, Señor, llévame a la roca más alta que yo. And I want you to know, friend, that the call of God is an upward call. El llamado de Dios es un llamado hacia arriba. That is good news. Esas son buenas nuevas. Because you see, that means that wherever you were when he called you, you're going to go up from there. Eso quiere decir que donde quiera que usted estaba, cuando él lo llamó, de ahí va a subir hacia arriba. You say, well, pastor, when the Lord called me, I had hit rock bottom. Well, guess what? He's going to take you up from rock bottom. Si usted dice, pastor, yo ya había llegado abajo. Entonces, desde abajo, te va a llevar Hacia arriba. If he found you in drug addiction, he's going to bring you up and out. Si te halló en la droga adicción, te va a sacar hacia arriba y hacia afuera. Come on, you ought to get excited about that. Tell your neighbor, I'm going up. Dígale a su vecino, yo voy hacia arriba. I may not look like much right now, but I'm going up. Quizá ahorita no me ves muy bien, pero yo voy hacia arriba. Check me out in a little while. I'm going to be higher than I was where I started. Fíjate lo que Dios va a hacer porque yo voy a estar más alto de donde Él me ayudó. I've never met a saved person be worse off than they were when Jesus found them. Nunca he hallado una persona salva estar peor que donde Jesús las encontró. I'm going up. We're going up. Vamos hacia arriba. This is an upward call. Ese es un llamado hacia arriba. Paul said it. He said, I press on toward the upward call. Pablo lo dijo a los filipenses, dijo, yo voy hacia el llamado, hacia arriba, hacia el llamado que hay en Cristo Jesús. I press on to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I want you to, to think about that because the day, days come when you feel low. Days come when you're discouraged. Disappointment comes into your life. A veces llega el desánimo y, y, y llega la, el, el fracaso a tu vida y te sientes bajo. Pero yo quiero que usted se recuerde esto, que el llamado que Dios hizo en ti es un llamado hacia arriba. The call of God on your life is an upward call. I don't care how low you feel tonight. I don't care how bad it seems. I don't care how devastated you are. God's going to to take you up he is a he's calling you up and and higher than where you were Dios y su llamado es hacia arriba así que no importa que tan bajo estés no te va a dejar ahí God's not going to leave you where he found you I may not be where I'm at but I'm sure not where I was 
Quizás no esté donde quiero estar, pero no estoy donde comencé. I may not be where I want to be. I may not have achieved it yet, but I'm not, you're not where you started, are you? Have you seen any progress at all? Have you seen a whole lot of progress? He said he called him to a mountain. And then this, this text just gets richer and richer. It says he summoned those whom he himself wanted. Would you underline those words, whom he himself wanted? Ahora vamos a subrayar la frase que dice, y él llamó a los que él mismo quiso. Did you know that God called you because he wanted you? ¿Sabe usted que Dios le llamó a usted porque él lo quería a usted? Jesus told the disciples in the Gospel of John, you did not choose me, I chose you. Jesús le dijo a los discípulos en Juan, ustedes no me escogieron a mí, yo los escogí a vosotros. Now, all of us were born to a set of parents, and they did not get to pick. They got what they got. And some of you have had children, and you got what you got. Todos nosotros nacimos a unos padres, y ellos no pudieron escoger. Ellos, lo que les tocó, les tocó. Y ahora ustedes, algunos tienen hijos y saben que lo que les tocó, les tocó. You can't go back to the hospital, right, and say, well, I'm going to return this one. He doesn't sleep all night long. He's gone through 14 different brands of diapers and can't find one. No, you can't exchange them. No puede ir al hospital a regresar el niño. Ya lo que le tocó, le tocó. But you see, there's a difference when you adopt. Pero hay una diferencia cuando unos padres adoptan a un hijo. Porque ellos escogen. When a parent adopts, they choose. And this is the apex of the gospel of grace that God has adopted us into his family. Esto es la altura del evangelio de Cristo Jesús que Él nos ha adoptado a la familia de Dios. You have been chosen, you have been selected, you have been called by the God who wanted you. El que te llamó es el que te quiso llamar. A veces nos sentimos como que Dios está diciendo, pues me tocó lo que me tocó. Sometimes you feel like God is saying, well, uh, this is what I got. These are my kids. And we think, man, if the Lord knew that I was going to blow it like this, he probably wouldn't have called me. And we think, if the Lord knew that I was going to sin like that, he probably wouldn't have called me. If the Lord knew that I was going to react that way in that situation, he probably wouldn't have called me. Can I tell you, friend, that he already knew all of that. And he chose you anyway. A veces pensamos, bueno, yo he fracasado y si el Señor hubiese sabido que yo iba a fracasar así, no me hubiera llamado. Pero la realidad es esta, que Él sabía que venía ese fracaso a tu vida antes de escogerte y aún así te escogió. Tell your neighbor, He chose me anyway. Tell him again, doesn't that feel good? He chose me anyway. So when, when the old devil comes around to tell you, uh, to whisper in your ear, ear and say, no, 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 you're going you're gonna to lose your salvation. You're not going to make it. You're going to fail. God's not going to put up with you. He's going to give up on you sooner or later. You tell him, devil, he already chose, he, he chose me anyway. He knew me and yet he chose me. Cuando el diablo viene a decirte, no, que Dios te va a dejar a ti, ya ya con lo que hiciste esta vez ya es la última. Ya le cansaste la paciencia. Usted dígale al diablo, él me escogió a mí. Y me escogió sabiendo que iba a pasar por este valle, por esta, esta tormenta, por esta prueba. He chose me anyway. He knew me. And yet he chose me. The old, the old song said, he knew me, yet he loved me. Me conoció y aún me, me llamó. That's love. 
Ese es el amor. He said he called, he summoned those to himself who he himself wanted. He said, Pastor, how do I know God wants me? He sent his son to the cross for you. And when you feel the tug of your heart toward God, he's telling you, I want you. ¿Cómo, cómo voy a saber, Pastor, que Dios me quiere a mí? Cuando usted siente ese... ese el estirar del Espíritu en su Espíritu llamándolo a Dios esa es la señal que Dios te ha escogido te está llamando a ti I can preach on Sunday morning and scan the crowd and I can see those who are struggling with God He's calling them because He wants them yo puedo ver a veces en, en la predicación los que están batallando con Dios. Unos hasta hacen caras. Some even make faces. Like they're mad. I know they're not mad at me. They're, they're, they're struggling with God. They're struggling with the word. But it's pulling at their heart. He summoned to himself those who he himself wanted. Underline or double underline that word himself. Where did he call them to? This call is an upward call, but it's also a call to a person. Este llamado es un llamado hacia arriba, pero también es un llamado hacia una persona. He didn't call them to a religion. Say amen. amen. He didn't call them to a, to a ritual. Say amen. He didn't call them to laws, say amen. He called them to himself. Los llamó a sí mismo. You have been called to himself. He wants you to be with him. That's what the next verse says. It says that he, he appointed the twelve so that they would be with him. Would you underline that phrase, be with him? Subraya ahí en, la, en, la, en el verso 14 esa frase, estar con él. What is the calling about? It's a call to a person, the person of Jesus Christ. Este llamado es un llamado a estar con una persona, la persona de Cristo Jesús. Now here's what I want to give you, the three calls of the believer. The first one, uh, if you would just mark your Bible there. In Luke chapter, pardon, in Mark chapter 3 and go to Luke chapter 5. Vaya a Lucas capítulo 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 32. Lucas capítulo 5, verso 32. It says, Jesus speaking, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesús aquí dice, en Lucas capítulo 5, verso 32. No he venido a llamar al justo, sino al pecador, al arrepentimiento. So here you have the first call of every person. Aquí tenemos el llamado, el primer llamado a todas las personas, a todo creyente. The first call is a call to repentance. Say it with me. The call to repentance. What's the first call? The call to repentance. El primer llamado es el llamado al arrepentimiento. What is repentance? ¿Qué es el arrepentimiento? Literally the word repentance means to turn around. Literalmente la palabra arrepentimiento significa dar vuelta. Now some people mistakenly say it's a 360 degree turn. That's not quite right, is it? Because if you make a 360 degree turn, you end up right where you started. Okay, God's not calling you to end up right back where you started. Repentance is a 180 degree turn. El arrepentimiento es una vuelta de 180 grados. You are walking this way, and repentance means you turn right around to walk in the complete opposite direction. You're walking toward the sin and the lust of your flesh. You're walking toward the hell that God never intended for man. 
but which sin has condemned man to. You're walking toward eternal separation from God. Estaba caminando el hombre hacia el pecado, hacia el error, hacia la maldad, hacia el infierno, el cual Jehová nunca deseó para el hombre. Está caminando hacia ese destino porque ha rechazado a Dios. Y cuando recibe el llamado, he receives a call, man is receiving a call to turn around and to turn toward God. El llamado entonces al arrepentimiento es dar una vuelta y regresarnos hacia Dios. Did you know that even believers have to know how to repent? Aún los creyentes tenemos que saber cómo arrepentirnos. We need to be quick to forgive and quick to ask for forgiveness. Tenemos que ser rápidos los creyentes para perdonar y rápidos para pedir perdón. If you know you wronged somebody, be quick to repent. Si sabes que le has dañado a alguien, ser rápido para el arrepentimiento. Rápido para decir, yo fui el de la culpa, yo me equivoqué. Es muy fácil la carne decir, fue alguien más, fue tu culpa. It's very easy. The flesh likes to say, it's your fault. If it hadn't been for you. That's what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. The Lord asked him, where are you, Adam? And, and he came out and he said, well, we were hiding because we were afraid. Why were you afraid? He said, because uh, we were naked. And, and how did you know you were naked? Because we ate the fruit that, um, that you told us not to. And, and you can imagine this conversation. And the Lord says, uh, how did you know you were naked? He said, the woman that you gave me. He blamed the woman and he blamed God. This is her fault and yours, so y'all deal with that. Adán dijo, la mujer que usted me dio. Miren nomás, luego le echó la culpa a la mujer y a Dios. Ahí arreglense ustedes porque son los de la culpa. Pero el que sabe arrepentirse sabe decir, yo fui de la culpa. This was my fault. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, not my sister, not my brother. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Yo soy el de la necesidad. Yo soy el que tiene que pedir perdón o recibir perdón de Dios. So this first call is a call to repentance. Really, you know what it is? It's a call to cleansing. Este llamado en sí es un llamado al ser limpio. There's nothing in the world like being clean. No hay nada en el mundo como estar limpio. I remember one time in Chile, we led a man to Christ who was, uh, he, we, he was, he was uh, hitchhiking. So we picked him up. And, and too bad for him, he was on the, in the van with three preachers. So we got him good for a good hour and a half. Iba un hombre en Chile a dedo. Y lo levantamos y pobrecito le tocaron tres pastores y entre los tres le tomamos un turno y cuando cuando se entregó al señor when he got off the van he'd given his life to Christ he was weeping he said I feel so clean digo siento me siento tan limpio there's nothing in the world like being clean, friend. And that's what God is calling you to in Christ. He's calling you to repentance. Repentance seems like a real hard, technical, theological, religious, legal word. But really all it is is God is calling you to come and be made clean. He's not calling you to come clean because you can't come clean. He's calling you to be made clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. Él está llamándote a ser limpio. La sangre de su hijo Jesús. Él es el que limpia. For the scripture says that if you will confess your sin to God, that he is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. Dice la escritura que si usted y yo confesamos nuestro pecado a Dios, que él es fiel y justo para perdonar 
todo nuestro pecado. Have you answered the call to repentance? Have you turned around? ¿Ya has respuesto al llamado al arrepentimiento? ¿Te has dado la vuelta? I'm looking denied at faces of people who have made the turn. You've answered the call. Some of you have heard your stories. Algunos de ustedes yo he conocido sus historias. Me han dicho sus historias. Como llegó el momento del llamado. How that moment of calling came in your life. When you could not resist the, the call of God's son in your heart. Cuando no pudiste resistir más el llamado de Dios en tu vida. And oh what a change. Que cambio tan glorioso. Then there's another call that comes. If you, if you remember what Mark said, he said he called them to himself. The, the first call is a call to repentance. The second call is a call to fellowship with God. El segundo llamado de cada creyente es el llamado a tener comunión con Dios. Revelation 3.20 Jesus is standing at the door. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Escucha lo que dice Apocalipsis 3.20 Jesús hablando. Dice, He aquí estoy a la puerta y llamo. Si alguno oyere mi voz y abriere la puerta, yo entraré a él, cenaré con él y él conmigo. Note usted que esta invitación no se la hace el Señor a el pecador sino que a la iglesia Notice that this invitation in Revelation 3 Is actually being made to the church He's inviting the church To open the door for fellowship with God Él está invitando a la iglesia A abrir la puerta a la comunión con Dios Now, I want you to notice the nature of the, of the visitation Note la naturaleza de esta visitación. It's not, I will come in and lecture him. No dice, voy a entrar y darle una lección. He doesn't say, I will come in and, and uh, rebuke him. O, uh, no dice, voy a entrar y lo voy a regañar. He says, I will come in and dine with him. Dice, yo entraré y come, voy a comer con él, cenaré con él. When was the last time you sat at your kitchen table with an open Bible, a turned off cell phone, a turned off TV, a turned off radio, and you dined with the Lord? Oh, the pure delight of a single hour. That before the throne I spend, when I kneel in prayer, and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. ¿Cuándo fue la última vez que usted se sentó a la mesa con una Biblia abierta, el teléfono apagado, y cenó con el Señor? Did you know God wants to sup with you? He wants to dine with you? Dios quiere cenar contigo. He wants you to have fellowship with him. Go to 1 John chapter 1 verse 3. Vaya primera de Juan capítulo 1 verso 3. Where the scripture says that this is a reality for every believer. Aquí vemos que esta es la realidad para cada creyente. It says what we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you. That you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Dice, nuestra comunión es con el Padre y con su Hijo, Jesús. Notice this, friend, that God wants you to dine with him, all of him. El Señor quiere que usted tenga comunión con él. Con el Padre, el Hijo, el Espíritu Santo, la plenitud de la Deidad. With the, 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 uh, the whole Godhead wants to have fellowship with man. 
God didn't create man because he needed a friend. Because God doesn't need anything. Amen. God created man for fellowship. So that man could enjoy his fellowship. Dios no creó al hombre porque lo necesitaba. Sino creó al hombre para que el hombre disfrutara la comunión con Dios. You know what I've discovered? I've discovered that this is the part that most believers miss. Yo he descubierto que esta es la parte que la mayoría de los creyentes no logran. Listen, I'm going to give you the third call in a minute. But if you focus on the first or the last call without this call right here in the middle, it will not last long. Because there could be a religious spirit that has you repenting over every second of the day. That's called eternal insecurity. I don't know if I'm going to make it to heaven or not. And, you know, sometimes when people have that eternal insecurity, they answer every altar call. Because they don't, they have this persisting religious spirit telling them, you're not saved. You're not saved. You're not saved. Friend, when you enjoy fellowship with God, you know you're saved. El, el espíritu de la religión viene, a veces engaña a personas. No eres salvo. Tú no eres salvo. No, tú te vas a echar a perder. Y, y ahí lo lleva a, a, abajo, abajo, abajo. Y algunos de ellos tienen una inseguridad completa de la eternidad. Sí, si me muero, no sé si voy a ir al cielo o no. Pero cuando usted tiene comunión con Dios, sabe que es salvo. We have fellowship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Tenemos comunión con Dios a través de su Hijo Jesús. The Scripture says in the book of Romans that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. Dice la Escritura que el Espíritu da testimonio con nuestro espíritu que somos hijos de Dios. How many of you have the witness of the Spirit on the inside of you that tells you I'm a child of God? ¿Cuántos tienen el testimonio del Espíritu adentro de sí? Que les da saber, yo soy hijo de Dios. You come to me and say, Pastor, am I saved? There's nothing that you could wear that could tell me that. There's nothing that I could, that I could see on the external that could tell me that. The one who knows is you and God. Because the Spirit of God bears witness. I'm a child of God. El Espíritu de Dios da testimonio que eres hijo de Dios. That means you can be driving in your car and have fellowship with the Father. Puedes estar manejando el carro y tener comunión con Dios. I told you about the, the lady I saw leaving the potter's house and be in Dallas. Uh, when I was in college, she was having a praise break on the side of I-20. I thought, fellowship meeting went too far. I'm just glad she pulled over. She's having her own altar call right there on the side of the road. You can have fellowship with God anywhere. You can be sitting in the waiting room and have fellowship with God. You don't need to have a, a, a posse of believers around to have fellowship with God. You can experience God's presence. In fact, you're the one who decides whether or not God's presence is going to be a normal part of your life or not. Usted es el que decide si la, si la presencia de Dios va a ser normal en su vida o no. I asked, I asked somebody, I said, what, what, what do you think is, is uh, the reason for this dry time you've had in your spiritual life? Well, you know, I feel like the Lord just hasn't been meeting with me. I said, have you been meeting with the Lord? Have you been in prayer? Have you been reading his word? Have you been in worship? Well, no, not really. Then there you go. There's your problem. It's not the Lord. It's the, the believer that has to 
Open the door. Es el creyente el que tiene que abrir la puerta a comunión con Dios. What a sweet life it is. I, I've been walking with the Lord most of my life. I can tell you this. I can't wait to be an old man because if it gets sweeter and sweeter every day, this life is going to be unbelievable. Come on, somebody. I said it gets sweeter and sweeter every day. It's an upward call. I know him better than I knew him then. And guess what? I'll know him better then than I know him now. Este llamado es hacia arriba. Y entre más caminamos con él, más lo vamos conociendo. La comunión es dulce. Now there's a third call here. We've, we've, we read about it in the text. Go back to Mark. Chapter 3. Regresa a Marcos capítulo 3. Verse 14. It says he appointed 12 so that they would be with him. That's fellowship. And that he could send them out to preach. Underline that word preach. Los llamó a él para que estuvieran con él y para enviarlos a predicar. So the first call is the call to what? Let's, let's try that again. Okay, let's get all together. All right, let's unify here. The first call is a call to what? There you go. The second call? Fellowship. The third call is a call to service. El tercer llamado de cada creyente es el llamado a servir. Primero, llamado al arrepentimiento. Segundo, el llamado a la comunión con Dios. Tercero, el llamado a servir. Now, here's why I told you that you have to have number two down. Because number two gives life to number three. Fellowship gives life to service. If you try to serve God without fellowship with God, you're going to burn out. Si quieres servir a Dios sin comunión con Dios, te vas a acabar. Se te va a acabar el, el gozo. Se te va a acabar el ánimo. Porque la comunión con Dios es el combustible para servir a Dios. Si quieres ser ministro o, o siervo de Dios, tienes que tener como tu prioridad la comunión con Dios. If you want to be a servant of God, you need to have as your priority fellowship with God. How would you like a pastor who doesn't talk to God? Doesn't know God personally. Nobody wants to sign up? Why? <laughs> Don't tell me why. Porque es que no queremos un pastor que no habla con Dios. Que no tiene comunión con Dios. Entonces, ¿por qué queremos ser cristianos servidores sin comunión con Dios? No podemos. We cannot be Christian servants of God and not have fellowship with God. That's the fuel. If you serve the Lord without the Lord, then your relationship with Him becomes like that of a boss. To an employee. Si sirves a Dios sin comunión, entonces tu relación con Dios se convierte como la relación de un empleado con el que le dio trabajo. Most of you don't like to hang out with your boss, probably. Some of you don't have a choice because you might be married to them or, or something like that. But I just picking in this general direction. How, how many of you hang out with your boss on a regular basis? Not, just Jake, because I'm a good boss. <laughs> I buy him lunch. Why don't you hang out with your boss? Because you don't want to talk about work. ¿Por qué no pasa mucho tiempo usted con su mayordomo? Porque vamos a hablar de trabajo. 
You see, when you try to serve the Lord without fellowship with the Lord, your relationship with the Lord becomes like that of a boss. You're showing up to give a report. Well, I did this, I did that, I went over there, I did those things, and now it's all about rewards. And it robs the whole relationship, doesn't it? Because God wants you to be, wants more than to be your boss. He's already our boss. He created us. But he didn't create us so he could have somebody to boss around. He created us for fellowship. Cuando usted y yo servimos a Dios con un corazón que tiene comunión con Dios, ahí hay vida en ese servicio. There is life in service to God when you are in fellowship with God. So you can ask any one of the elders in our church and, and you can ask, especially the ones that have been um, eldering for a really long time, you can ask them, how is it that you've been serving the Lord 40 years and you're still happy about it? Fellowship. It's the fellowship that makes the service joyful. Es la comunión con Dios. Si usted le pregunta a alguno de los ancianos de la iglesia, los que tienen algunos 30, 40 años de servir a Dios, y usted les pregunta, ¿por qué es que ha servido a Dios tanto tiempo y aún tiene gozo? ¿Todavía tiene alegría? ¿No se ha desanimado? Y... y es porque han tenido comunión con Dios. Don't think it's because they haven't had any problems. Or no issues, no setbacks. Elder Schweitzer, have you ever had any setbacks? Elder Martinez, Elder Cano, Sister Pam, have you ever had any setbacks? A few, just one or two. Why is it? We're still smiling. Fellowship. Fellowship. Communion with God. La comunión con Dios. If you've ever gone through a season, I'm talking to leaders and ministers in particular. If you've ever gone through a season in your life where you feel like, I just, I got to quit this. this. I can't do this anymore. Check your fellowship. Find out if you have lost the reason for doing what you're doing. Si usted ha perdido el gozo de servir a Dios, pregúntese, ¿estoy en comunión con Dios? Because I can guarantee you, the reason that you volunteered, the reason you signed up, was because there was a fire roaring on the inside of you. La razón que usted se dio de voluntario para servir es porque había un fuego encendido dentro de usted. Pero si se comienza a apagar ese fuego, la respuesta es meterse a comunión con Dios. The answer then is to get back into fellowship with God. Look at what Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Mateo capítulo 4, verso 19. He's calling you to serve him. Can God give you something to do? Yes? I'm going to try that again. Can God give you something to do? This is the third call. You know, some people, they get to repentance and they sit in the pew for the rest of their natural existence. Algunos se arrepienten y luego se sientan en la banca y por la, el resto de su vida natural no hacen nada. Pero aquí no. Not here at Kingsway, right? Jesus said, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Notice he didn't say you will be fishers of men. Underline that word, I will make you. You see, God doesn't call you to be something. He calls you so that he can make you something. 
Dios no te llama a hacer algo, te llama para hacerte algo. Tell your neighbor, he's making me. He said, I will make you fishers of men. That is the most exciting verse about serving the Lord in the whole Bible to me. Is that he says, I'm going to do the making. If it's a preacher I want you to be, I will make you a preacher. If it's a pastor I want you to be, I will make you a pastor. If it's a small group leader I want you to be, I will make you a small group leader. I will do the making in your life. Dios dice, yo te voy a hacer. Lo que yo quiero que tú seas. Si quiero que seas predicador, te voy a hacer predicador. Si quiero que seas pastor, te voy a hacer pastor. Si quiero que seas líder de un grupo de estudio bíblico, te voy a hacer eso. Yo voy a hacer eso en tu vida. I will make you. I want you to be honest. I'll make you honest. I'll make you pure. I'll make you just. I'll make you wise. I'll make you strong. I'll make you vision. I'll give you vision. I will make you clear. I'll make you pure. He puts the responsibility on him. Our job is to follow. Nuestro trabajo es servirlo a él. Él es el que lo va a hacer en nosotros. Now, if you could, Brother Josh, would you come as you go to the book of Acts? One last passage here. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verse 25. Hechos capítulo 17, verso 25. Ya para terminar. Let's read verse 24 for context. Vamos a leer verso 24 para el contexto. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands. As though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath, at all things. How I want you to notice here. How many of you are willing to serve the Lord? He's calling you to serve him. Some of you have answered the call. Some of you are considering it. And I don't mean he's calling you to be a pastor or an evangelist. That may be, praise God for it. But that's not the only call God gives, is it? He may be calling you to be a witness for him in the medical field or in the law firm or in your mechanic shop or in your ice cream parlor. I don't know, wherever you are. He may be calling you to, he's calling you to something to serve him there. Will you answer the call? Will you say yes to him? Maybe he's calling you to go and witness to somebody. El Señor está llamando a todos. Y no siempre el llamado tiene que ser el pastorado o el ministerio. Eso es, es muy bueno. Pero Dios no llama a todos a eso. Algunos le llama a ser testigo de su nombre en la escuela. El trabajo en el lugar donde trabajan, en la carpintería, en, en, en el salón médico, donde él los ha puesto, ahí los está llamando para que les sirvan. He's calling you to serve the body of Christ. Está llamado también a servir el cuerpo de Jesucristo. He's calling you to serve the church. And he's calling you to serve your family. Y te ha llamado a servirle a tu familia. But listen to what Paul says here. He says, don't serve God as though God needs to be served. Don't serve God like he's an invalid God who needs servants. But rather serve God as one who has been called into partnership. 
no le sirvas a Dios Aquí dice Pablo como que si tuviera que ser servido Como un inválido que no puede hacer nada Entonces le tenemos que servir Dios no es así Él nos ha invitado a servir con Él Nos ha invitado a tomar parte en su misión He has called us to be part of his mission For the world And our service to him is fueled by knowing him and loving him and walking with him and talking with him. You know that there's a beautiful picture. The disciples walk with Jesus. Tenemos el hermoso retrato de los discípulos caminando con Jesús. And then he says, I want you to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he sent them out. Jesús en una ocasión envió a los doce discípulos a predicar. And that's what the text says in Mark 3. It says, he sent them out to preach and that they might have authority over the demons. That meant he was going with them. Los envió a predicar y que les dio autoridad sobre los demonios. Eso quiere decir que él iba en su espíritu con él. His spirit was going with them. And when they came back, boy, those, those boys were so happy. But they came back. They went out, they came back. They served, they came back. They went and did what he sent them to do, they came back. That has to be the routine of the believer. Go, do what God sent you to do. Come back to fellowship. Go preach. Come back to fellowship. Go lead worship. Come back to fellowship. Go pray for the sick. Come back to fellowship. Always bounce back. You come back to Him. There's going to be power to go and power to come every single time. Él te ha enviado a servir. Entonces ellos fueron y sirvieron y luego regresaron. Y ese es el patrón que debe seguir cada creyente. Ir Servir y regresar a la comunión Servir y regresar a la comunión Servir y regresar a la comunión Si usted hace eso va a haber vida Vida, vida You do that, you follow, you follow that pattern There's always going to be life There's always going to be fuel in the tank There's always going to be anointing There's always going to be strength There's always going to be the ability to serve I know sometimes the jobs that God gives us aren't so easy I told you once I was a van driver in my church Growing up, I was a van driver, and, and I know there's going to be people in heaven who are there because they learn how to pray in that van. But you know, I hated that job. I hated that job. But I went and came back. I went and I came back. So you might not have a fun job. You might not have something that's real public that everybody can see. You know, we have people who clean the church every week. Nobody sees them. We have people who teach in the classrooms up there. Nobody sees them. But they're going and serving and coming back. And friend, if you follow that pattern, you'll never burn out. That's the life in the spirit.